every challenge comes with some kind of gift. And while right now we're going through one of the biggest challenges we've probably ever seen in our lives, is there a gift in this one too? Well, some research says there is, and it might just be a change in our roles as a parent, a change that might help us as dads, and a change that might help our kids forever. Becoming better parents, partners, and people, this is the Positively Dad Podcast. Thanks for joining us. I'm James Shaw, host of Positively Dad, and I'm excited that you're listening and watching our podcast today. My wife, Terry, and I are the proud parents of an eight-year-old second grader. Her name is Naomi, and I started Positively Dad last March to be a resource to you so that we can grow and get better. You know, we've gone all in on helping you with COVID-19. We're doing two episodes a week, sometimes three. On Mondays, we talk to an expert about something that's going to help us. On Thursdays, we usually talk to a dad about being a dad. Well, with everything going on right now, we're not going to do one of those episodes today. I brought in another expert so we can have a conversation about something that I think we need to hear. You know, with everything going on right now, there's 34% of the American population right now is working from home. And the researchers say that's the max. That's the max number of people that can actually telecommute. And and then 97% of American school children are home right now too. A whole different dynamic. Well, what does that mean for parenting? It turns out it means a lot. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Dr. Matthias Dobke, who is from Northwestern, he and his team did the research on what transition we might see with parenting over time. Traditionally, moms will take on the extra work, and that may not be happening this time. And he says there's a long-term benefit to what we're experiencing right now. And I believe that anytime we have a challenge, if we look close enough, we'll find some type of win or gift as well. And maybe the win or gift here is some opportunities for dads to be more involved, for employers to see the value of paternity leave, and for us just to be more aware of what's going on in our home. Now, I recognize that there are many of you out there who are really involved already. In fact, that's why you're probably listening to this podcast. And yet traditionally, in any kind of moment like this where it involves extra work for the kids, that goes on mom. We're seeing that change. The other thing is I know there's single parents out there who are taking it all on themselves. We're going to talk about that as well today. So let's jump in. Dr. Dopke, thanks so much for joining us on Positively Dad. Thanks for having me on. So we're definitely in um, an interesting moment in history and one that, that based on your study, you think might change the dynamic a little bit of what maybe parenting looks like. Could you tell us a little bit about kind of you and what you study and where you're from, and then we'll jump in and talk about the impact that everything with COVID might have on families. Okay, yeah, so I'm a German economist, originally from uh, Hanover, Germany, but I've been in the States for many years. Did a PhD here, I'm now a professor of economics uh, at Northwestern University. And my research is about uh, the interaction of families and the economy at large. So I've done some work on choice of fertility, how uh, parents decide on education for their children, and also a lot of work on parenting. So my most uh, recent uh, book, uh, Love, Money, and Parenting, co-authored with Fabrizio Zilibarti, an economist at Yale, is about how the economic environment shapes uh, what parenting is like. For example, trying to understand why parenting today is so different from just a few decades ago. Well, and okay, and parenting like today is so different than from what it was just four weeks ago. Uh, I mean, yeah, we've seen massive shifts. 
So you've already started research, and I know it's going to be quite some time before we truly understand what's happened here. Um, what are some things, just to start off, that you think are important for us to know about what's happening with how we're parenting now and what changes you're noticing? So it's, a, as you say, it's an unprecedented situation because all the kids are home. Uh, their uh, school's not in session. And uh, on top of that, uh, you also have that other options for childcare also unavailable. You know, if you previously used to rely on grandparents or maybe a nanny, you know, uh, under social isolation, that's not possible either. So we have... Uh, millions, really billions of parents around the entire world, because it's really a, a global crisis, uh, having to provide a full-time childcare, often on their own, uh, and try to work at the same time. And in some cases, it's uh, not possible. In other cases, you can work from home, but it's sort of stretched to make it all fit together. So it's a situation that we have not uh, been in uh, before that presents uh, new challenges, which are large which are also very different across families. You know, it's different for single parents as opposed to uh, couples uh, raising their kids together. It also depends a lot on what your work is like. Can you work from home? Uh, what is the situation that you're facing right now? Have you guys looked at the research on the number, the percentage, say, of families that have parents that can work from home? Like in my household, my wife has always worked from home and, and my stuff is very flexible, so I can easily work from home. And we have an eight-year-old yeah. daughter who's homeschooled. So now... To be fair, she's taken on most of the responsibility of that, which I imagine is what you would see the trend is. Mm -hmm. um, and again, I'm just curious, have you, have you, do you guys know like roughly what percentage of families are in our situation where we can both work from home and do things and then what it looks like for others? That's right. So, so we uh, looked um, at the data. Now the uh, data during the crisis uh, that will take some time to um, uh, figure out exactly how it breaks down. But what you can do is uh, look at the situation uh, before the crisis starts, because we have uh, data on uh, the number of uh, workers who are able to, uh, uh, to, to work from home. Uh, and uh, we have uh, also data on how many people actually did work from home even before the crisis, and then all, how this breaks uh, down uh, uh, across uh, different kinds of, uh, of couples. And there you can see that there really is a lot of variety. I mean, you, have, you do have many couples uh, that maybe already had a full-time uh, parent, a stay-at-home parent before. And for those couples, it's going to be less of a stretch. Uh, you have a good number where both are able to telecommute and they're still able to get by somehow. But of course, you have many uh, others where that's uh, not the case, where either only one of the parents can work from home, uh, where maybe uh, one of them is in a critical sector, you know, maybe somebody who works at the hospital or a grocery store, you know, something that's essential right now. So uh, those workers have to be there. And then the other parent, if there's a second parent at home, uh, will have to take up the slack. So the, the story where I found about your research was on CNN. And it said that this, this whole thing we're going through could be a game changer for working moms. That was the headline that they used right. mm -hmm. for, for the story. In what way is this a game changer for working moms? Yes. It's, um, I should say there is... Uh, if you think of what's happening right now, uh, it's a game changer in a more of a negative way, you know, in the sense that uh, uh, this uh, dealing with child gets a big struggle. It's the biggest struggle for single parents, and there's many more single moms than single dads. You know? So if, uh, if you can single out a, one group that uh, is the, has the most impact right now and needs the most help, it's, it's definitely the single moms. But what we're also pointing out is that there is a potential for longer run changes uh, where there might actually be a bit of a silver lining to some of what's happening now. 
And where we start from is the observation that if you think of uh, mothers today, so for many mothers who want to have careers, combining careers with having children is the biggest challenge today. Uh, we, we see in the data very clearly that the uh, gender wage gap that we still see, still see in the data is primarily due to, to having children. Uh, it uh, is uh, not present before you have kids. Once women get pregnant and uh, start to have kids, the wage gap opens up. And that is not just because they work less, but it's also because when you have more childcare responsibilities, it is uh, harder to put in you know, everything that uh, is still expected of you in a business environment for the kind of the most ambitious uh, career tracks. And so we do think there's a potential of getting some cultural shifts out of what is happening right now that might actually make uh, this squaring of careers and, uh, and, uh, and families easier in the, in the future. There's really two different sides to this. Now, one side comes from the side of uh, the business sector itself. Now, so it's, it's not just that uh, parents make choices that make it for them difficult to arrange uh, families and careers. It's also the expectations that employers have of you. Now, today, if you're in a uh, executive track position, if you want to be a manager of some kind, in many, uh, at many employers, there's still an expectation of being available uh, for long hours uh, to work uh, uh, into the evening uh, and to almost pretend uh, like you don't have children, you know, so, to, uh, to be almost uh, always available and not just say, well, I have to be home, uh, work from home for a day because my child is, uh, is sick. And so one thing we think might happen is that in this phase where all employers all of a sudden have to uh, deal with this crisis, they have to uh, make work at home uh, available for everybody, uh, including the management, and this will give you a bit of a shift in uh, work practices and in expectations uh, that will make it easier for everybody, for all the parents, uh, to square the circle. Well, we've seen some of that, I feel like, in the last couple of weeks, that some kind of social programs that others, you know, depending on which side you're on, have thought to be extreme, seem to have become, become a little bit more accepted. Um, I don't know. You, you may say I'm wrong on that. I don't know. The, it seems that way to me. And so maybe there is a long-term win here for parents once we get on the other side of this. Is that what, kind of what you're thinking? Yeah. And I think it comes from two sides. So one is just from employers. You know, so, so just the fact that now we are creating all these work-from-home options, many of those are going to, to stay. You know? so, uh, so firms are business are investing in the technology of uh, letting you work from home. Uh, it actually saves them money to some extent because they don't have to have so much office space. And so uh, it is, I think, quite clear that after the crisis is over, uh, being able to work from home will still be much more feasible than it was uh, before. And of course, that makes it easier for all parents to, uh, you know, let's say you have a sick child, you know, you have some uh, childcare needs to just say, well, I have to work from home today and, and make this easier compared to what, was it, what it was before. And Interesting. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, please. And the second thing is really this expectations thing. So even if you have, say, you know, a dad who, who wants to uh, really help more with the kids, uh, do more childcare, be more available for the children, if you are in a at an employer where the norm is that as a as a career track employee you have to be always available and uh, not take on those responsibilities, it's, it's hard to escape from that. And so this is the side where it's more of a culture shift. That if you all decide, well, we're going to acknowledge that we have kids and it's fine to, uh, to combine those two parts of our lives, that will make life uh, easier for all parents. And we see in other countries that's certainly possible. And, you know, now we're in a phase where even if you're a manager, if you're CEO, like being on a Zoom call and having kids run through the picture and all of a sudden wanting some help with, uh, you know, 
with, uh, with their tying their shoes or going to the bathroom. That's now happening in uh, all kinds of businesses. And I think it's going to shift the work culture a little bit. Well, that's what it seems like. Uh, the, the people that I talk to and the work that I do every day, they got kids in the background. They got kids sitting on their lap. And, you know, we're kind of in this moment of survival, right? Figuring this out. And yet long-term, there could be some absolute wins here for families because a lot of the research shows, I'm sure you've done it and people I've had on have said, you know, having that time with your kids is so vital to their growth and especially for dads to be able to do it. And, and I think your research says, it still says that moms tend to be the ones that stay home, even if they are earning more than dad, they're usually the ones to adjust their schedule. So what sorts of changes do you see for fatherhood moving forward based on what you and your team have researched? Yeah, so so one side is employers will make it easier, but there's also, I think, a broader shift in expectations parents have themselves and what is the uh, kind of appropriate uh, division of labor. And uh, and so what we're seeing now is that all parents have to do a lot more. All parents really have to deal with this uh, combination. And uh, what we're also going to see is that uh, at least for a fraction of the families, actually the roles will reverse. You know? So there is, uh, there's millions of uh, families in the United States where the mom is in an essential job. She's a doctor, she's a nurse, she's uh, working in the grocery store. She has to be at work. Whereas the dad, you know, like, like, like you and me, has a job that can be done from home. And so by default, we'll be the one who's in charge. You know? And so, so having dads as the main uh, primary caregivers is going to be a much more common experience after that. So even though on average, you know, women will do more of the work now because they did before and there's more single moms, uh, I think this a role reversal among millions of, of families is going to have some impact. We can, in fact, look at uh, prior historical episodes where something similar happened to see that these uh, cultural shifts from a temporary change in, uh, in arrangements in childcare and in work uh, can have very long-run effects. So we talk, for example, about World War II, which was a shock where all the men were gone and all the women, for the reason, had to start uh, working in the formal labor market, where you had millions of women going to the factories to build you know, planes and uh, ammunitions. We saw that this had a very persistent effect on uh, perceptions of role models in the United States, ultimately on women's participation in the labor market, on women's careers, and then also what this meant for, for fatherhood uh, uh, on the other side. Interesting. So, and I think you also talked about traditionally when we go through job losses like we've done, I mean, at the time you and I are recording, this week's numbers aren't out yet. So we're at like 16 million and the number is going to go up, you know, tomorrow when the data comes out. Uh, that traditionally it's more men lose jobs than women just based on what jobs are lost. And if people are that interested in it, they can pull up your research and see. Right. What is it that you think might happen this time through? I mean, we're seeing massive job losses. What do you think the impact of that is and how we run our families? Yes, so, so that is um, uh, a bit the, the other side. You know? So we, we talk about the long run, there being some upside, uh, some shifting role models, expectations perhaps. Uh, what we say for the short run is that in the short run, this uh, economic crisis we're going through right now is actually going to be quite bad for working women. And this is really the opposite of the a usual pattern because in a, a usual recession, so if you think, for example, of the financial crisis 10 years ago, in a usual recession, actually men are hit much harder in terms of unemployment and uh, general economic impact. And this has to do with the fact that many men work in sectors that are highly cyclical, so that are very much exposed to the business cycle. These are sectors such as uh, construction, manufacturing of investment goods, 
these are very cyclical sectors and also sectors where a large fraction of men work. Then you have other sectors such as healthcare, education, also government employment, which are much less volatile over the cycle. And this is where we have a higher fraction of a female employment. So in a typical downturn, the job losses are usually much higher for men than for women. And uh, you see much more employment on, on the employment losses on the male side. A second factor that comes into there too is also that you see a bit of uh, um, insurance inside the family. You know, so you see that some men lose their jobs and then maybe their, their, their wives will decide, well, I should work more, I should go full time or increase my hours to make up for this loss. And this is also is what's a bit of a buffer for many families. Now in this crisis, we see that the uh, jobs that are lost are in places like restaurants, hotels, hospitality, uh, in, uh, in the service sector. And these are actually sectors with very high female employment. And so, uh, so completely different from the usual thing because of the nature of the shutdown, we are seeing uh, many women lose their jobs uh, based on the distribution of the sectors. And we can already see in the early numbers from last week that this is indeed uh, already coming true. You know, that, that, so the increase in unemployment right now is faster, at least in the states we have looked at, for women than it is for men. Interesting. You said in the study that you said dads are almost going on forced paternity leave, and which is not a popular thing in the United States. We've done episodes on that. Many dads don't actually even realize they can take advantage of FMLA when they have a child, mm-hmm. um, and they can. So the I guess the I know you touched on this a little bit. I just want to go a little bit deeper, maybe. What's the long-term impact of this, as you call it, forced paternal or paternity leave for dads to realize? I, I mean, I think that for us, I've, I'm having lunch with my daughter and wife every day. I love it. Um, what do you think the long-term impact is for that? Yes. So um, we can draw on some other experiences to, to get an idea of what that's going to be, because some, some countries have experimented with changing the rules. So some countries now have this uh, paternity leave, which is exclusive to fathers. So it's, it's parental leave, but only fathers can take it. So if you want to really maximize on leave, uh, the dad too has to take off a month or two uh, off work to be home. And we see that uh, countries that have done that, not in every single case, but uh, in most studies we have looked at, you see a very persistent change in uh, the distribution of childcare. So who does what uh, in the family, uh, even though these leaves aren't really all that long. You know, so even just having two, three uh, weeks of uh, the father being home, taking care of the baby, really gives you a very persistent change. And so I think what often happens is that, that if you don't have paternity leave, you know, that uh, the baby comes home, the mom stays home with the baby, and then gets used to doing, you know, everybody has to learn this. If you're, if you're a new parent, nobody knows, you know, how to change diapers, how to, uh, how to do the formula. You know, there's a bunch of stuff to learn. Uh, everybody starts from scratch, the moms and the dads. But if only the mom is home, she learns all this stuff, then you come into a situation where it becomes, you know, a kind of a natural focal point that, that she will keep doing these childcare tasks and be, it becomes a very uneven distribution. And this is how we get this uh, pattern that even though, you know, now, most moms and most dads work full time that in most families, the moms still do the majority of the work. And so this, this slow, uh, the small change of paternity leave can give uh, a persistent change to this pattern. Now, right now we have this forced paternity leave because uh, millions of dads are forced to be home and are uh, forced to take over. Actually a much bigger change in the uh, allocation of childcare compared to these policy interventions we've seen in the past. And so if you just extrapolate from these smaller changes to the really big thing happening right now, it is quite likely that we're seeing large effects uh, for the future distribution of childcare. 
Yeah, the long-term impact could be one that cho- totally changes it. Your study says that as of, as of the time of the study, in the United States, women on average spend an extra over an hour, an hour and 12 minutes more each day on housework and childcare than men do as an average, which you say is the widest, what, widest division for any nation that's tracked. So is that, is that right? Did I get that right? The it's, uh, widest gap? It's the widest for any nation, but it's, it's certainly a, a, large, a, a large gap. There's some okay. countries that are even larger. Okay. All right. So it's a large gap, an hour and 12 minutes each day of housework and childcare more than men. Well, now dads, in most, in a lot of families, everybody is home at some level plus the kids. So right. there's just going to be a natural reshaping of that that could have a, a long-term impact. If it does, you think overall based on your research, is that a good thing for families? I think it's a good thing for families, no? because uh, having uh, a bit more uh, equality and balance uh, is, uh, is going to make it easier for everybody to arrange um, uh, work and family life and is actually perhaps uh, even leading to uh, happier families. You know? So, so one, uh, one interesting study uh, that, that I've seen discussed recently is, um, you know, when you think about what gives stress to parents, you know? so if you have uh, two working parents, kind of arranging uh, the work and the childcare together, that's a big source of stress. You know, that, that's something that makes uh, uh, parents unhappy, that's difficult in their lives. Uh, one interesting finding is that if you look at uh, same-sex couples raising children, they actually have fewer of those problems you know, because they don't have the traditional role models to, uh, to um, fall back on. And so you start from a more even position to decide, well, what's the best way for our family uh, to arrange this? And so, so not having this... Uh, this uh, expectation of one way is the normal way makes it easier, I think, for, for parents to do this. And I think we're going to uh, benefit from this more broadly, that, uh, that we're going to get more flexibility because everybody, I think, will think a bit more about what's the best way of doing this. Everybody will get a bit more experience with uh, being on both sides of this uh, equation. Well, that could be some hope to families right now who are going, I don't know how we're going to get through this. I mean, it's a massive burden. It's a big challenge. And, and many families are going through, they, they're uncertain about jobs. They might be sick or have family members who's sick. And yet there could be a win. So maybe that's just a little bit of, of hope for people. What's the final, I guess, kind of takeaway that you want everyone to get out of our conversation today? You know, um, we talk a lot about the long run changes and I think they're going to be actually quite large you know, because what we are seeing right now is uh, really an enormous shock. We have never seen anything like this. It's, uh, it's bigger than any change in childcare coming out of uh, say schooling policies in recent decades. It's a huge shock and it will have a big impact. You know? So I think we're going to be talking for years about how this has changed uh, family lives for millions of families. But in the short term, I think uh, the most important thing is to really acknowledge uh, the challenge this poses for many families, in particular the ones that are not in the most fortunate situation. I, th- I think both you and I are in a situation where both parents are home, so we are struggling in many ways, but we can certainly square the circle. There's uh, millions of uh, single family, uh, single parents out there, you know, many more single moms, but also millions of single dads uh, for whom uh, making a living and also uh, keeping the childcare going is uh, almost uh, impossible. You know? And so in the, in the short run, getting help to those families, I think, is the most important challenge. How do we get help to them? So, you know, one thing uh, you can do is just provide uh, income support, you know, which is uh, in the short run, uh, the most important thing. And and there's uh, some measures in this direction. What would be even better is to have uh, measures uh, that don't require you to go into unemployment in the first place. So some countries are now having these measures where you keep your job, but uh, the government essentially covers your wages while you're unable to work because of childcare. 
it has the advantage that you can keep your health insurance, that you can keep, uh, that you can go right back to work once uh, the social distancing stops, uh, as opposed to being, you know, starting from zero and uh, being in a much more difficult situation. I uh, saw. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead, please. Uh, so, so there, there's the uh, you know short on help. The other big uh, issue for these families, which we haven't talked about, is that of course the kids uh, suffer too, and they suffer, for example, in their in their education. You know, so for uh, for everybody, homeschooling right now is a big challenge. Uh, for some families, it's working well. For many families, it's not. And if you're a single parent, it is uh, often almost impossible to keep on uh, working and also get the homeschooling to, to happen. You know, so to also make sure that we have uh, programs that offer opportunities for children to, to make up for what they didn't learn during this crisis, maybe have uh, massively expanded summer learning programs, I think is another thing that's uh, important to do that we could start planning already right now. Yeah, I was talking to a friend of mine who's an um, administration for a school district, and, and he said one of his concerns is how do we make sure kids are prepared for their move up so that, that, that they aren't behind and, and that they're moving forward. And I think we have to recognize that every single one, every family is doing absolutely the best they can right now. Right. And, and just for, you know, for our parents who are listening, um, whatever you're doing is, you know, there's no judgment there. Just keep doing the best you can and things will get better. I saw a report today that the government's goal is one of the first things to be able to make available again is school and childcare. That's, that's what their intention. And it seems to make a lot of sense based on what you're saying, that we want single parents to be able to work, families to get back to normal, and some sort of childcare is a big part of the next step here. That's right. It's, it's, yeah. a, it's a struggle and to expect that kids will just keep on learning uh, in this phase is just not realistic for most families. You know, I, I don't know uh, anybody who is not struggling with this. Uh, in uh, early reports, in many schools, only about one third of uh, kids even check in into uh, online learning. And not because the families don't want to do that. I think it's just because it's just not possible to square this uh, circle right now with everything that, that, uh, that you have to take care of uh, at home. And so making available ways to make up for this, I think that's, that's uh, super important down the road. Well, and we're going to do, we're doing a podcast on the technology and internet gap that exists in the country that, that puts probably many of the families who are already at a disadvantage at an even bigger disadvantage, yes. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. All right. Well, listen, how can people kind of connect with you or learn about your study or see more of your research? How can they do that? So uh, they can go to my webpage. If they just Google my name, Matthias Döpke, it will come up my uh, website at Northwestern. And there you find uh, research, but also links to news stories that discuss this thing uh, more widely. And then I have this uh, book, Love, Money and Parenting, which is available on Amazon and anywhere else, uh, which is uh, really a bigger overview of our research on how parenting and economics are closely connected. Well, we'll have to have you back on that once this kind of stuff settles down and, and have a, a conversation about that, that research as well. Thank you so much for being on. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. That was a lot of fun. Amazing information from Dr. Dopke. And I think that, he, you know, he's probably right, right? He's done the research on it. Right now, globally, 1.3 billion children are out of school. It means parents all over this planet are doing things they've never done before, having experiences they haven't experienced before. Governments are making decisions they haven't made before. And so who knows what changes come. And I'm going to choose to believe that there's more good and more positive that we can get out of this. Let's just get through it.
That's, that's what we're here to do. We're just here to get through it. And that's why we're here to help you. My goal is to help all of us be able to get through this time together the best way that we possibly can. So I trust that we've done that for you today. If you got value out of our conversation, would you share it with somebody who you think would get value out of it too? Would you mind rating, reviewing, and subscribing wherever you're listening? Five stars would be great or leave a comment. And then we'd love to connect with you on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search at Positively Dad. You'll find us, no worries. And we'd love to connect with you there. Hey, I want to thank you for taking time out to listen today. All the best. I'm James Shaw. We'll talk to you next time on Positively Dad. Bye-bye.